Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether you ride the wave or like to growl, we're talking your teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. Hopefully you guys are staying dry out there. It's going to be an ugly day around the Crescent City. I know uh, Dave DeCorbier has already canceled his trip out to the Zurich this afternoon because of all the rain. But as it stands right now, the plan is we will both be out there tomorrow, out there doing our shows from the uh, golf course. And weather should be much better tomorrow, but uh, today it's an ugly day. And it is draft day. And joining us for his annual visit right here on the Chris Gordy Show is the one and only Larry Holder from the Athletic NOLA.com. Larry, how are you, sir? I'm good, Chris. Yeah, it is. Uh, if, if you're out at the Zurich right now and you're holding up a golf club, you're going to end up like the priest <laughs> getting electrocuted and screaming rat farts. I mean, because it is awful right now in New Orleans. Yeah, the good thing is, I mean, we saw it coming. You know, you could see from the forecast and all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're going to have to delay some play. At least they were able to get in a, a couple of rounds this morning. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be just kind of a mess out there. And that water, man, hopefully it, it drains pretty quickly because it is coming down pretty well from some of the videos I've seen out there on the golf course. Uh, let's get into it, Larry. You came on this show a year ago on this day, and you told us you were the first one to tell everybody that the Saints – we're going to get Marcus Davenport. So let's spill the beans. What are the Saints doing tonight? Are they getting into the first round? It's funny. I've had many people ask me what's going to happen <laughs> because of that. Uh, because of that little uh, informed uh, theory that I had last year. <laughs> and look, I think it's going to be a tall task for them to get to the first round. I would not anticipate it. I know I've seen reports of say the Rams are shopping and uh, the Seahawks maybe at twenty nine are shopping. I just don't know that, say, the Saints 2 and next year's 1 would be enough to jump. Maybe it could, uh, but if the Saints are going to do that, they're going to do that if they are in, absolutely in love with a player. And I don't know if they're absolutely in love with a player. Uh, look, I've, I've spelled out a bunch of scenarios uh, in another story uh, on The Athletic about drafts. Uh, could they maybe move up with the Raiders in round 2, early in round 2? I think that's a possibility. And gas. Might, might the Saints actually trade down for once in uh, this decade? Uh, look, it, it seems like they could be open to that, given they don't have a three or a four either. We, we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, because this is what most people keep saying is, oh, I could see the Saints trading up because of this window, right? This could be Drew Brees' last season in New Orleans. He got this window to go win a Super Bowl, so why not get aggressive, give up future picks, and go get somebody? My question is, who are you going to take that's going to be an instant impact on this team, right? Because they don't have an immediate need. They don't have an immediate hole on the roster. Who would the Saints be able to get, I mean, other than a guy who would be a rotational piece? I don't know if you, there's a guy you would be able to go get that would just be a starter from day one. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think that's probably, even though the Saints are not going to want to sit back and be passive, I do think that that's probably what they're looking at. Because let's, let's, let's think about last year. 
They moved up from 27 to 14. When you're at 27, that's basically a second-round grade on a guy because you don't have two first-round grades on guys. It just That just does not happen. So you moved up for a bona fide first-round pick. So if you're moving into late round one, are you really moving? Are you going to really you know, give up a ton of assets to go do that? I, I don't know. Uh, it, like I said, it's got to be if the Saints are absolutely in love with the player, uh, you know, because the last time they did that in round one to move back up late was for Mark Ingram. They were in love with Mark Ingram. And if Cam Jordan wasn't there at 24 in 2011, they would have taken Mark Ingram at 24. But they felt like they, they were too in love with him and had to go get him. And so that's why they spent a, a, a first round or the next year to do it. Is there someone there that they absolutely have to have? I'm with you, Chris. I'm not sure that that person is there. And let's going back to even what Daniel Jeremiah said, uh, he's now the lead NFL draft analyst now that Mike Mayock is the GM for the Raiders. <laughs> he, he said, uh, even pertaining to a question about the Saints maybe a week or so ago on a conference call, that once you get past, say, 25, 25 to 60, or it could be basically the same kind of player, graded player. So that's what you're possibly looking at. Uh, so the Saints might be hesitant to totally gear up and, and go big and, and move into the first round. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if there's a guy that they like, say like at 55, 56, that they really like, that they think won't last to 62, maybe then they trade, I don't know, you know, a fifth or a sixth and go get that guy. Like, I could see that happening, but I don't know this aggressive moving up 35 picks to go get a guy. But if there's a guy, say, five, six, seven picks before they're on the clock tomorrow, that's where I think they, they might maybe make a move. Talk with Larry Holder from uh, theathletic.com. Larry, you got a tremendous piece that I know you spent a lot of time on ranking the 81 Saints players uh, or draft picks in the Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis era. And I got to be honest, man. I mean, I, I went through this kind of expecting, okay, let's see where I disagree. I agree with just about everything in your article from ranking the, the bus to the best pit draft picks because, you know, there's so many different criteria you can look at from, you know, draft pick value where you got a Marcus Colston in the seventh round versus a Reggie Bush who maybe didn't live up to the hype of being the number two overall pick. But I agree with you, and I tweeted this out, that Reggie Bush, in my mind, was the Best draft pick in that the Katrina recovery and excitement about this team coming back to the city, it was all Reggie Bush. Because we all forget, Drew Brees was an unknown at that time. We really didn't know what you were getting in Drew Brees. But Reggie Bush is the one that sent people to their phones buying season tickets. Yeah, and look, I, I understand people disagreeing. Because I could tell you that I, I did a very unscientific poll, which was at the very beginning of my, uh, my column on that. And I had fans reach out and give me their top ten. And I could tell you that Reggie Bush did not finish in the top ten. As far, and I, I, pulled, I got 71 submissions from fans, top ten. And Reggie, those who voted Reggie in, in their ballots, voted him high. But I think people look at him as being not living up to the expectations. And I get that, but... As I spelled out in the, in, the, in the column, I think that no person in that entire list of 81 players would have given the same sort of momentum, not just with the team, but just within the community that Reggie Bush brought. I mean, he was a rock star. I mean, he was, he was, he, he helped, say, the ESPN generation of, 
let's drive Tebow, let's drive Manziel. I mean, Reggie Bush was like the originator uh, of that. And, but you know, to me, I never forget it. And luckily for me, you know, I've covered every single of these picks. So I have, you know, I, I know the ins and outs. Maybe not of Josh Lay, who I can't believe I still remember, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, but I covered all of this. And Reggie was like a rock star, and uh, you know they won a Super Bowl with him. And I also say this: I didn't put it in the article, but I think there's also an argument here, uh, and people might not agree. But I, I think Reggie Bush, the ki- the type of player he was, helped make Alvin Kamara what he is today because Sean Payton had a ready set plan for a guy like that. So you can maybe undervalue that, but I, I don't think you can undervalue that. I think the fact that that existed also plays a little bit of a role to like, give Reggie some credit here. Yeah, and if you need, uh, you know, again, everybody forgets that it wasn't instant excitement from the minute Drew Brees signed with the Saints. If you need a test of of, of this, go back and look at the film from that 06 Saints-Falcons game. Remember the, the game with the block, the Gleason block punt and all that? And look at the stands and tell me how many number 9 jerseys you see in the crowd versus how many number 25 jerseys you see. Everybody in the crowd had Reggie Bush 25 jerseys, and it wasn't until midway through that season, later in that season, that people started going, oh, yeah, let's go get these Drew Brees jerseys. Yeah, this number 9 guy's pretty damn good. But it was the Reggie Bush excitement that got everybody on board that year. So um, I agree with your pick there. The, the worst picks, I, again, I think you hit it on the on a nail on the head with Garrett Grayson, Stephon Anthony, Charles Brown, and Stanley Jean-Baptiste. I'd probably go Stephon Anthony as the worst just because he was the first-round pick. I know it was pick 31, but still, you can't miss on pick 31. You compare that to Ryan Ramchick, who they got instant starter you know, from day one almost, that they got at the same pick. So in my mind, Stephon Anthony's the worst, but Stanley but John Batiste is right up there. Yeah, we're kind of splitting hairs. What I have Anthony's 80th or uh, 79. 79. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I understand that. I at least, look, I think the one – the lone thing that I looked at, I said, all right, Shanley, Shanley Jean-Baptiste did absolutely nothing. Charles Brown got uh, got literally thrown off the field by Sean Payton. At least Stephon Anthony was a starter for a year. He had he, he tallied 100 tackles in his rookie year, and the last linebacker to do that as a rookie with the Saints was Ricky Jack. So that, for that, I put him not as the total worst, but... I mean, in that trade, you were hoping to get better. Obviously, they whiffed. Uh, I could tell you even just kind of old draft stories. Uh, they were wishing to use that pick to move up and draft Marcus Peters and that they had a deal they thought they had in place. And then, uh, from what I understand, the Saints kind of held back, and Sean Payton is still a little bitter about that. So, uh, But they also could have taken someone like Eric Kendricks, who is still the middle linebacker in Minnesota, that that's the other guy they probably would have considered there, and so uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of eh, uh, surrounding the Stephon Anthony pick, rightfully so. <laughs> I want to get back to this year's draft, uh, Larry. We only got a couple minutes left. I know the uh, it, look; it's hard to predict who the Saints are going to pick at sixty-two. I could ask you; you give me you could give me a ton of names of guys that could be there at sixty-two. We just don't know. But I'll I'll pose this question to you. The Ohio State players, we know this team's infatuation or the scouting department's infatuation with Buckeyes. We know Nick is going to go top five. We know Dwayne Haskins is probably going to go first round. If I gave you a list of Draymond Jones, defensive tackle, Paris Campbell, wide receiver, 
uh, Michael Jordan, offensive guard. Of, of some of these guys, if you had to guess, which Ohio State player will end up being a Saint at the end of this draft? I would say the defensive tackle. I mean, I, I think they still want to look for some depth there and, and maybe him. But look, Paris Campbell, they definitely could use a wide receiver because the fact that they don't really have a slot receiver, I feel like they could they could go out and get that. I don't know if Paris Campbell is necessarily a slot receiver per se, but, uh, you know, someone who they, they feel comfortable coming in and, and playing because – all you got to look, I mean, we, we've talked about this. I'm sure you've talked about this a million times, how receiving core, sure, they've got a bunch of bodies, but we don't really know what they are. And after this year, look, Ted Ginn could be gone. He's in the final year of his deal. Uh, Cameron Meredith, who knows if he even makes the team, but he only has one year left in his deal. And you've still got a bunch of re- relative unknowns outside of Mike Thomas, even though you got Traquan Smith, third-round pick. We need to see more from him, uh, get a little bit more consistent. So, but yeah, it's certainly uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the pipeline. I mean, hey, you know, it's it's like bread and butter. I mean, you, one <laughs> needs the other. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I you know, it, it's uh, there's also a, an offensive tackle. I forget his name. That from Ohio State, they might target later on in the draft. Uh, I, 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 I've written it. I, it's in one of my articles. Uh, I think Dane Brugler, our draft analyst, had him sl- slotted to the Saints when he did a seven round draft. So. I forget his name, but that's they might do that too because they, they could certainly use some offensive line depth. Yeah, they have uh, Michael Jordan, Isaiah Prince, Malcolm Prigian, Demetrius Knox, and Brady Taylor are their offensive linemen in this draft. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what one of those guys? One of those guys. We'll keep yeah, an eye on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Larry. Uh, with only a couple picks, I mean, uh, it's it's just again so hard to to look ahead and predict what they're going to do. But with two six and two seventh round picks, do you think the Saints look at a quarterback at all? Because I was going through some of the mocks and I see like you know Ryan Finley from NC State still on the board, probably late. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the kid from Washington State, or do you think they feel pretty content with Breeze, Bridgewater, uh, Taysom Hill still an option there, and then of course. Uh, JT Barrett was their practice squad guy last year. Do you think they feel pretty content with the quarterbacks they have in-house right now? Yeah, I think they do. I would have said differently if Teddy would have walked. And so with Teddy coming back, uh, I think they're in good shape. Sean Payton says uh, this quarterback room, is uh, he feels like is the best one he's had since he's been with the Saints from top to bottom. And look, you might as well look at JT Barrett and say, all right, he's your late-round guy and see if he could develop into something. Because I don't know if anybody late is going to do you any good because you probably feel like your successor is Teddy right now, and if you're not, if you don't, if you're not getting one in the first round and getting a, a you know, a potential stud, you're probably not going to do it. So I'd be surprised. I think they like their their pack of four, and you don't have five quarterbacks in camp. And I, I think they like JT Barrett and want to see what what he can do as a developmental guy. And so, yeah, I, I think they stay away from quarterback uh, in this draft. As much as we love our LSU guys, can we please keep them out of the NFC South? I keep reading every mock draft's got Devin White going number five to the Bucks. Like, is there any way John Gruden or somebody can pull the trigger on Devin White to keep these damn LSU players out of the NFC South? Yeah, I know. I, I, I keep seeing that. It makes way too much sense since another LSU player left, since Juan Alexander left. Uh, that makes way too much sense. It would be rough to see Deion Jones and uh, Devin White in, in NFC South jerseys <laughs> as stud middle linebackers. It would be tough to swallow. I will tell you this, though, uh, just another little n- nugget on Devin White, that if he slips past Tampa, I would not be 
stunned in the least if the Giants took him. I know they were uh, they were in South Louisiana uh, recently, as in like within the past week, talking with LSU officials, uh, you know, the staff and everybody, and they love Devin White. So yeah, I know quarterback might be something, but if he flips past the Bucks. I would not be stunned at all if the Giants jumped on him, which, you know, it would at least make some people down here a little happier that he's now with Tampa. Is the feeling still greedy he's going to go probably in the 20s? That is a tough call. Uh, you know, it's I I have a hard gauge with him, uh, just ju- judging by uh, some of the draft pundits. And look, we've seen him. He's a great cover corner. And the knock is, okay, well, he's not this physical tackler. Which corner is really a physical tackler in the league? <laughs> right. I mean, can you name five? I can't name five. So, uh, like, uh, he could play. But here's another little tidbit, and it's uh, something that I found interesting that I talked to a couple people, both on the college and the pro side, that if Christian Fulton were healthy, that they feel like maybe he would have been above Greedy Williams on some draft boards because wow. he's, a little, he's a little more uh, fine-tuned, a little more physical. So that's uh, you know that's obviously a plus for Christian, but probably a little bit of minus for Greedy. And if you believe the hype, when it's all said and done, Derek Stingley might be better than both of them. So uh, we'll see we'll see what that young man does over these next couple of years in a purple and gold uniform. He is Larry Holder, of course, covers the, uh, the Saints and LSU for the Athletic. And uh, what you got a a Q and A coming up at the top of the hour, right? Yep, in ten minutes. Q and A. So while you're listening to Gordy, come <laughs> jump in with me and do a little chatter. Uh, you know, hey, hey, one hand on the whatever, do whatever you got to do. But yeah, join me uh, eleven o'clock for theathletic.com/slash New Orleans for subscribers. And uh, yeah, come come check out. Look, we'll have we've got tons of draft coverage. We're going to be, of course, going forward with more uh, as we progress. Or maybe not much because if the things don't do anything, guess what? I'm not writing. So there's a lot of Okay, check it all out, theathletic.com slash New Orleans, at the Athletic NOLA on Twitter, at Larry Holder, of course, my own account on Twitter as well. Yeah, go jump in there and ask Larry just nothing but questions about Hootie and the Blowfist. Just uh, just swamp in. him with those questions. I'm all in. <laughs> Larry, appreciate the time as always, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you in 365 days, okay? I mean, I've been on once or twice since then. <laughs> man, don't, uh, look, I'm easy to find. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it, man. Hi, Chris. Good talking to you, buddy. Hi, bud. Larry Holder there of The Athletic. Uh, give him a follow. If you're not following Larry, what are you doing? Come on. It's uh, on Twitter, at Larry Holder. And The Athletic, NOLA. Look, I tell you guys all the time, I don't get paid by them. I'm a subscriber for The Athletic. Love the content, uh, what Larry does throughout the year covering, uh, covering um, the Saints and covering LSU. And then uh, Deuce Windham during the season did some uh, does the uh, film study of the Saints. So definitely worth the... Uh, what what they say like worth a couple couple bucks a month basically a cup of coffee a month for the price to uh, subscribe to the athletic i think it's absolutely worth it so let's grab me a quick break here we'll come back wrap up hour number one ross jackson is going to join us in hour number two we'll talk saints and draft stuff with him it's chris gordy show stay with us step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.